Hello, Nephew community, and welcome to the Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast. I'm Jeff Lockwood with the Nephew Medical Team, and I'm here with Nephrology's favorite writer and editor, Mark Newman. Mark keeps us up to date on all the latest hot topics in nephrology. Now, as we speak, the American Nephrology Nurses Association, or ANA, or ANNA, uh, is wrapping up their national symposia uh, in Palm Springs, California. It ran from May 7th to 10th, so in this podcast, we'll highlight some of the talks presented, and we'll bring all the nephew members up to date on some new legislation that could impact kidney donors. Now, I'm not as familiar with Palm Springs as I am with Austin, but I've heard about a giant Marilyn Monroe statue. Now, I assume, Mark, you got your picture taken next to that thing. <laughs> That's a nice segment. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, Palm Springs is a, is a great little town. Uh, you know, that was the hideaway for the, 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 um, the stars of Hollywood back in the 60s and the 50s and the 70s. So the Bing Crosbys and the Frank Sinatras and Dean Martins, uh, they all came out and, you know, this was, their, this was their respite. Get away from Hollywood, get away from what they had to do and just travel down the road and, um, and land here in Palm Springs. So a lot of the, uh, there's a lot of golf courses there, of course, there's lots of resorts where they used to hang out. And of course, um, lots of great restaurants and, and bars. And it's just a little fun hideaway town. You know, you'd never know it's there unless you knew it was there type thing, right off the I-10. But um, the Anna meeting is a great location for the nurses meeting and um, certainly some great presentations as we'll get into in a minute. Yeah, that's great. It's one of those places where I've heard of it, never been there, but I don't know why I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Springs. I mean, how can you go wrong with that, right? Yeah. Sounds great. Reminds me of Radiator Springs from Cars, the movie. Exactly. Uh, so a couple of topics today, uh, but we'll start with the Anna meeting. Now, yeah. how was it well attended? Right. So the, 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 all the nephrology organizations, of course, saw a big drop in attendance and or some canceled meetings during the pandemic. You know, there's a lot of concern, of course, about meeting in large groups. So I think, you know, we're at the point now, this was the ANA's 54th annual meeting. And it seems clear that these nephrology conferences are bouncing back from the pandemic. The exhibit hall was full, as were the sessions, and the networking was going quite well. And this is one of the features of the benefits of going to a live meeting, of course, is networking with your colleagues. Uh, the exhibit, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the exhibits, uh, you know, we saw this earlier in the season, earlier in the year with the National Kidney Foundation and, and the Renal Physicians Association. These are two meetings held by their respective organizations. Exhibit halls were full, lots of sponsorships coming from them. So it, seemed, it gives you the feel that, okay, we're back. These organizations have um, brought these meetings back. The exhibitors have come back. The attendees come back. So it's been it's been you know pretty exciting to come to these. Now Anna is still offering some content virtually, like some of the other organizations, but the focus is on bringing people back to these meeting sites to reconnect with their colleagues and listen live to these presentations. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate the value of attending a meeting live. Um, we had a beautiful nephew exhibit there uh, mm -hmm. at the Anna meeting. I, I was not in attendance. Um, but just like anyone else the last couple of years, you know, I've attended a ton of virtual conferences and they provide a lot of that much needed content. The education's great, but the impact is not quite the same. And there's certainly something about being with the crowd, you know, kind of feeling the buzz, the different interactions. Um, it's completely different when you're live. And Anna is one of those meetings that provides a lot of good networking opportunities when everyone is together. Um, so aside from the networking, 
which is a great reason to go anyway. But uh, what were some of the topics they covered? Yeah, so it was a great meeting. Uh, clearly, the shortage of nurses to take care of patients with kidney disease and, of course, in other specialties as well. This is a really a global problem, not just in this country, but elsewhere. Uh, it's an important topic. Um, ANA is doing a number of things to help connect with groups like, for example, the Student Nurses Association to introduce nephrology to the nursing grads. Um, as we have discussed before in our nephew podcast, the nursing shortage is multifaceted. It has created more pressure, unfortunately, and job, dis- job stress among those in the trenches taking care of patients. Likewise, the nursing schools are facing a shortage of faculty. So individuals interested in nursing are being turned away. So it's a double-edged sword where you have a shortage to start with. You have many nurses who are retiring, uh, maybe even early because of the stress. And then you have nursing schools who are turning away potential students because they don't have the faculty. So it, it really creates a problem for all of us, not just those of us, of course, um, who are in the field, but also you know patients as well. And we've also talked a number of times um, here at, and this, in these podcasts about this growing population of CKD patients. So these are patients who obviously prior to dialysis, there's a new incentive by CMS and, and uh, government projects, government initiatives to start taking care of these patients. And, you know, these are patients, you know, theoretically in the millions who are at various stages of CKD and these patients need care. So there's an opportunity here uh, to treat them. But the question is whether, you know, we'll have enough nurses to do that. One of the keynote talks at the meeting was presented by Donna Cardillo. And uh, Donna's a nurse and a motivational speaker. And it was her view that nurses need to, quote, stand up for their profession. She said nurses are a key component of the caregiving team in the management of patients with kidney disease, but they need to make a stronger effort to promote themselves and their profession. And here's a quote from her that uh, during her, her keynote, keynote talk, you know, we need to be proactive, not reactive. The Renaissance nurse is a business person and a clinician, someone who cares about themselves as much as about their patients. You know, is a nurse who builds and nurtures a strong network, develops their own voice and uses it, and is both a student and a teacher. And she really did emphasize teacher quite a bit. In other words, we're all, you know, everybody's a teacher. We're always trying to educate not only our patients, but our colleagues about the nursing profession and how to provide better care. So the emphasis was painting a good picture. The emphasis was on, on painting a good picture of nursing. And if you do that, Others interested in nursing will follow. That was her message, which is very strong. Of course, got a standing ovation. And it's it's certainly a great way to start their, their conference. Uh, it certainly would be. And it makes sense, as you mentioned, the need for you know more nurses is growing as we start taking care of more and more patients in the varying stages of CKD. And I think with the recent, you know, the last couple of years spotlight on kidney disease, more people are becoming aware of it. So as awareness raises, there's going to be more kidney patients that are going to need care. And I've seen it in offices that I visit frequently, the turnover among staff, the lack of nurses, it impacts patient care. Um, so it you know, kind of creates this opportunity um, where there's more patient care needed, better patient care needed, but we need the staff to do it. Exactly. I mean, there were other talks at the meeting too that kind of focused on, these are great ideas great ways to take care of patients and we need the staff. Some of the talks include strengthening 
home dialysis programs, for example, you know, health equity for all patients, which is a is a topic that all the all these specialties in nephrology are facing. And of course, the government, um, CMS and HHS, has concerns about this as well, making sure everybody who wants or needs access to nephrology care gets to it. There were several presentations on nephrology research and an interesting presentation on how nurses need to be prepared if a patient sues over a treatment issue. So this is kind of a a legal uh, discussion, but it goes back to documentation and making sure that um, if you're the nurse manager or you're the nurse in charge and a patient um, uh, decides to sue over something that happened during a treatment that you're prepared for that. Uh, paper trail is key, as they mentioned, but it, but it's also important that that paper trail is is clear and accurate and can be, you know, potentially might be used in court. So you want to make sure that it's very professionally handled, professionally uh, dictated, and that the records are consistent. So it was a really good talk. Uh, There's some presentations on various notes, that, clinical notes that have been left by nurses to other nurses, and they were very raw, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, they were just very, you know, almost like when you have a conversation with somebody else, you can't rely on that sort of, that form of of dictation and that form of note-taking. It has to be much more detailed or maybe over-detailed so that it's clear in case this ever, ever ever does end up in court that that you're protected. So it was a very well-attended meeting, lots of great questions on that one. Yeah, and that goes to show the importance of every nurse's favorite pastime, charting. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, as much as uh, no one likes to sit and do all of that, it, it's very necessary from the protection standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very important. Yeah. So it sounds like the meeting content was very comprehensive. Um, so we'll switch uh, gears here a little bit to national news. Uh, now, Mark, what's on the forefront? Right. So there's just this past month introduced the um, Living Donor Protection Act. And the name, in a sense, it kind of covers what's important or what, what what the bill is about. And this bill has been around for, gosh, almost uh, almost uh, seven eight years now. It's been introduced, and it, it hasn't moved forward. Been reintroduced, and this bill in particular uh, is being reintroduced by the fir- the person the the legislator who introduced it back in 2016. So in essence, he is still fighting to get this thing approved. Um, there's a there's a sense, at least, that this might have a stronger chance. You know, in January, as we've discussed here on our on our podcast, um, uh, the, the immunosuppressive uh, comprehensive immunosuppressive drug act was uh, was took you know started uh, or took effect, and so this could be a very good complement to this. Um, th- this bill could be a very good complement to that. But the essence of the bill is that, in essence, if, you, if you're a living donor, there's concerns out there that you may be treated differently by insurance companies, um, by, by employers, um, because you're now kind of labeled um, that you've got a, uh, um, you know, a, uh, a condition, if you will. And um, what this bill is trying to do, and there's been some state legislation already passed on this, so this will be a federal um, federal legislation, but in essence, what it is trying to do is it, uh, it bill which goes back to, as I said, back to 2016, aims to provide job protection and targets insurance companies that deny coverage to organ donors. So those who have donated a kidney, you know, they've been turned down in the past for disability insurance, for example, or life insurance uh, because of this predisposed condition. And even long-term care insurance, sometimes because of that surgery that they have to undergo. 
So provisions of the bill have been passed by various states, as we mentioned earlier, but this will be federal legislation and part of it would include this job protection. There's a there's legislation and there's there's a law out there called the Family Leave Protection Act. So in essence, living donors would come under that protection, which means that number one, that you would have a certain leave of absence and that would be approved by your employer. And then would also guarantee that when you come back uh, from your surgery, that your job would be there. And that's what the Family Leave Protection Act does. And so that in essence would this act would come under that the auspices of that uh, that um, that law. So it protects patients. So there's two or three things here that are important. It would protect a, a individual who does decides to donate an organ that their job will be there when they come back. It protects them in the sense that uh, they are allowed to take the time off that they need, and it also uh, eliminates the discrimination that they might face from insurance companies. So there's a lot of hope that this bill will pass. Uh, it now has support in the House and the Senate. And of course, we'll wait and see how it progresses. But uh, it's certainly, a, there's a lot of, you know, feel good in this particular legislation. It doesn't cost Congress um, or, or the American public any money, which is always, always great. Uh, it just sets the record straight in terms of helping people and encouraging people to donate, which is important. Yeah, it sounds like there's some good protections contained in the bill. So fingers crossed uh, this time it'll be a little more successful. You know, if there's one thing we need more of, it's donors. And to have more donors, we need to have these disincentives removed. Uh, you know, there really shouldn't be a long-term penalty for providing the gift of life. Exactly. And, you know, there's also costs for these patients, too. If you decide to donate an organ, um, there's lab tests. You may require to, to travel somewhere to have those tests done. You may have to take off time from work. So, I mean, the altruistic approach to this, it should be celebrated. It certainly shouldn't be penalized, as you mentioned. And uh, so that's, um, that's what this act does. It helps, in essence, treat donors like they should be. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Good, fair treatment would incentivize more uh, donation. would be a great thing for all kidney patients. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll be watching this one as it goes forward for sure. Exactly. Mark, thank you as always for joining us to discuss the ANNA National Symposium and the Living Donor Protection Act. ANNA is always a great gathering of those who provide a lot of the hands-on care for our nephrology patients. It's great to get your take on the hot topics and a quick overview of the meeting. And a big thank you to ANNA for the continued support of NEPHEW and ongoing collaboration. A big thank you as well to the nephew community for joining us and listening in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you're a nephrology nurse, check out next year's symposium in April in Orlando, Florida. Be sure to join us next month so Mark can keep us up to date with the latest hot topics in nephrology.